the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Got over the hump. You got over the hump of the week. And I hope it's a good week for you. It's been a good week for me. Actually, we are broadcasting live. There's no pre-recording going on here today, except for those couple of those commercials you may hear. Um, I am at my desk, my legal desk, not my uh, AM 970 desk. You know why I'm not at the AM 970 desk? Because I don't have an AM 970 desk. Not that I'm asking for an AM 970 desk. Um, I am at my law desk in on uh, 45th Street and 5th Avenue. 546 5th Avenue as I look out over 5th Avenue. And it's, I got to tell you, with all this coronavirus stuff and the mask stuff, I mean, I know it's February. But it's kind of chilly out. But the, the streets, I could count the amount of pedestrians I see right now. There's like eight people in front of the Best Buy on the corner of 44th and 5th. The city is still not where it needs to be. Why am I at my desk? Well, luckily today at ABK, things were pretty busy, and we had a lot of meetings, and we had a lot of in-person meetings. I'm so proud of my partner, Imran Ansari, who in the other room was uh, conducting a deposition between uh, – Two very, very high-profile attorneys, actually American icon attorneys. So I uh, I did not have the time to go down to the studio and hang out with the Honorable Matthew Sambolino. But I could see him through Zoom. And uh, what I did see today, uh, when I went through some headlines on the New York Post, I'm just going to read a couple. And these aren't all from today, but they're from a couple of days. Woman slugged in face, robbed on Upper West Side subway train. Next article. Strap hanger slashed with box cutter on New York City subway train. Next article from Fox 5 New York. New York City subway mugger attacks woman and steals purse. Daily News. Next article. Mugger tussles with woman waiting for New York City subway train. Next article from Fox News. Man steals purse purse in brazen New York City subway attack. Caught on camera. These are all within the last three days. New York City gets more graffiti hits. Shopping carts set ablaze on New York City subway. And there's like three or four more that I'm not going to go through reading. But obviously they're not good, right? And But here's what took place today. And this is, I hope, is going to be the game changer. Because today, this morning on Morning Joe, the one and the only, the Reverend Al Sharpton, made a national complaint about crime in New York City begging the mayor, Mayor Adams, 
to redouble his efforts in fighting crime. Why? Because the the Reverend Al says that these uh, pharmacies like CVS and Dwayne Reed, they've locked everything up so that you have to ring the little bell to get assistance in the aisle to get what you need. Now, I know they've always done that for razor blades because the razor blades are very expensive and they're very easy to shoplift. But according to the Reverend Al, they're doing that with his toothpaste. I don't think that's accurate. I think he was embellishing to uh, to make a point. But the point was made on national television. And the point was well taken because, and I'm not saying they, they're doing this because of the Reverend Al, uh, Eric Adams campaigned on this all summer long. As of immediately, apparently, 658, exactly, that's the number they gave, New York City Police uh, Department officers are going to be removed from desk duty, are going to be removed from um, being inside the precincts, and they're going to be put out in the street, especially in high-crime areas, and they're going to be put in high-visibility areas so that um, they're going to use the statistics of the computers from the technology and they know exactly where the centers of crimes are and so what they're going to do and they said they're going to use people from the anti-terrorism unit people from uh internal investigations unit which is you know the the iab is the uh they're, they're the ones who investigate police officers but from there's different shifts in the nypd so there's the eight to four four to twelve twelve to eight they're targeting the tw- the four to twelve shifts, and so immediately three hundred uh, police officers and I believe even detectives are going to be taken from out of the precincts and put into the streets, and um, that's from those units. And then each precinct of the of all the precincts in the city of New York, they each have to give four uniformed officers that are currently working inside the precinct, whether it's doing some sort of paperwork, administrative work, checking people in, they have to take those four officers in each precinct and put them out onto the street as well. And then when you do all of that, put all of that together, you're looking at 658 new members of the service. The benefit is they're not new. They're not rookies. They're people who ostensibly have some level of experience and they're going to go out there and, you know, uh, if you Google or go online and do any research about uh, securing your own home, if you own a private home, you're not in an apartment building, more than an alarm system, more than a dog, more than a beware of dog, uh, they say the best way to thwart crime, burglary, I guess specifically, is lighting. Why is it lighting? Because if you have... If your house is all lit up all around you, burglars don't want to come in and be all lit up, especially now with cameras. But it's the optics of it. It's the optic of uh, seeing, okay, this place is all lit up. This is not where I want to go. Well, it's the same concept with the NYPD. The more police officers you see out there, the more uh, police cars you see patrolling, especially in the high crime areas, well, they may want to go somewhere else. Or maybe they'll have this novel idea of not committing the crime at all. Now, obviously, that doesn't apply to spontaneous crimes, right? Someone cuts somebody else off and there's road rage, et cetera, et cetera. But for 
planned out crimes like burglaries, like robberies, like, hey, let's wait outside the subway station and hold somebody up. Well, now, if one of these 658 police officers or two of them are in and they're in a squad car or they're taking a walk or they're on a scooter or they're on a horse, um, it, it, the you know, images, everything. Remember that Andre Agassi uh, commercial? Well, if you if the images, the NYPD is out and in force and they are ready to do their jobs because they know they have five district attorneys in their respective boroughs who are going to back them up. Well, that's the very beginning of a drop in crime. What's what what's happened with crime? Well, how about this? Gun violence is up 30 percent in 2022 than it was in 2021 for the month of January, 30%. Gun violence is up 60% from 2020 in January. So think about it, from the month before the pandemic, right? So in January of 2020, we kinda knew about this virus. We heard things about China. We heard a couple of things uh, in, in Europe. I was actually in the middle of trying the Harvey Weinstein case and we're like, what's this virus thing about? At this point, I don't even think we we weren't even fist bumping yet. We, there wasn't even all of this. Oh, you gotta can't shake anyone's hands. But at that point, there was sixty percent less incidents regarding guns. It says something about everyone blaming De Blasio for everything and and how this pandemic had some effect. And I'm not saying De Blasio himself doesn't deserve a lot of blame. But he did have a couple of greatly great police commissioners, and first and foremost, Bill Bratton. And before the pandemic hit, crime in New York, gun crime, was 60% lower than it was now after basically two years of the pandemic. It would be naive to say the pandemic did not have a major role to play in this. And actually, the other area besides gun violence was vehicle thefts that have gone up considerably in the last two years. But overall, major crime is only up 10% year over year. That's you know, robberies and rapes and sexual assaults, et cetera, et cetera, is only up 10%. Listen, it should be down 10%, not up at 10%. I'm not making any uh, excuses. But I would like to talk about bail reform because Eric Adams had a big fight today with one of the assembly members. And we're going to talk about that because bail reform is a piece of this complicated puzzle. So I just read an article doing the research for this show that a five-year-old, a little kid is fighting for their life after being struck by a a driver in Midwood, Brooklyn. It's a five-year-old boy. He's in critical condition. And I know I've been talking to you about all these people I know with car accidents. And, you know, there are other people who I have spoken to recently and, you know, thought they were the picture of health and their back hurt. And all of a sudden they were diagnosed with a, a very complicated, let's put it that way, disease, which can change the trajectory of their life tremendously. So what does everybody need to do because you don't know when this is going to happen to you? You need to go see Connors and Sullivan because they are going to protect your assets and they are going to distribute your property if you're not here the way you want it to be distributed. Planning for the future is important because you don't know what the future holds. 
Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make those decisions, who will? The time to plan is now. A will, a trust, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will, your overall estate plan. The goals of Connor and Sullivan attorney are always to protect your rights and your interests. They've been helping people like you and your family plan their states, protect their families for over 40 years. Visit them for a free, no obligation consultation with a lawyer. How do you visit them? You call 718 718- 238-6500-718-238-6500 or you visit their website connorsandsullivan.com connorsandsullivan.com because the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning come on say it to yourself is not planning at all the arthur idala power hour is sponsored in part by the good people at freehold mitsubishi in freehold township new jersey america's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 mitsubishi outlander Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. When you're smiling. When you're smiling. When you're smiling. When you're smiling. I'm Smiles with you. And when you're laughing, oh, you're laughing. When the sun comes shining through. When you're crying, you bring on the rain. Stop your sign. Won't you be happy again? When you're smiling, keep on smiling. And the world will smile. Oh, love that song. Great pull there, Sambolino. Wait, let it go. Let the music go. Louis Prima. He was fantastic. He really was. Yeah, that's good music. That is good, good music. Uh, He was a messed up guy. He got all messed up with drugs, but he really knew how to make great, great music. If you haven't listened to Louis Prima... Throw him on. He's uh, he's fantastic. I could tell you, Luca's grandfather uh, was a big, big, big Louis Prima fan, and and was on, and and Luca knows him well, and we listen to uh, Louis Prima around the house, especially if you want to get fired up. Louis Prima is a great guy to listen to if you want to get fired up. And you know who was fired up today? Mayor Adams against Assemblywoman Latrice Walker. Assemblywoman Walker versus Mayor Adams. Now that is a ticket to a fight you wanted to see because Mayor Adams has been consistent and pretty adamant about a change in the bail reform laws. Those bail reform laws, I've heard it, I've said it over and over again, were a knee-jerk reaction in the middle of the, the George Floyd situation and it just wasn't thought out. It wasn't researched the right way. It wasn't thought out the right way. I don't know anyone from the bar associations, from the criminal bar associations, you know, one of my my colleagues who I'm very close to, Michael Sabella, he was the president of the Kings County Criminal Bar. I don't know if he was spoken to. I was the president of the Brooklyn Bar Association. I know I wasn't spoken to. I don't know who, who lives in the world of criminal justice was consulted about the bail laws and what the reforms should be. But to show you that Eric Adams is not totally out there about requesting bail reform. 
even though the uh, uh, Assembly Speaker Cousins has said uh, she's not, not, she doesn't see any reason, I think she said, to uh, revise or revamp the bail laws. But to show you that Eric is not out there all by himself, Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Adams, who is, I'm sorry, Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez, I get my Eric's confused, um, he, you know, he puts himself out there as a progressive district attorney. And I guess we can talk about that. We can debate that another day. But he came out yesterday afternoon saying that he does believe some changes need to be made in the bail laws. And, I mean, the, the, this, it, it, it's a very complex problem. The problem for me as a lawyer who practiced in that courthouse, in these courthouses, as a prosecutor, as a defense attorney, without offending the entire judiciary, we need the judges on the bench to be the best and the brightest and to be selected as the best and the brightest. I remember Justice Scalia telling me that when he was a kid, the uh, when he was a kid, the judges were the individuals who were identified as the best lawyers. So if you were a great lawyer in the courthouse, if you won all your cases, if you had a great uh, knowledge of the law, then you were identified by the people who made judges. Like, that lawyer is a great lawyer. He should be, she should be on the bench. And Justice Scalia was lamenting that that is no longer the case. And he was speaking about it from a federal point of view, not a state point of view. And um, what what's happened today is it's become so politicized. And I'm going to be honest with you, the best and the brightest don't always wind up on the bench. So if you don't have the best and the brightest on the bench and you want to give them more uh, discretion about bail, yes, there are definitely risks there. So the reaction, and I, I, I stated about, I just made two mistakes, but I love being corrected. Yesterday, I, by the way, I made a mistake. It was a very important mistake. I said that when Derek Jeter did the flip in 2001, it was to get out uh, Jason Giambi. It was not Jason Giambi. It was actually his brother. I think it was Jeremy Giambi, so I'm glad I was corrected on that. And uh, the actually, now that I think about it upon reflection, the bail laws were passed uh, before George Floyd, uh, the whole George Floyd fiasco took place, a homicide took place that turned here in New York to be a, a fiasco. Um, but Carl Hasty, the Speaker of the State Assembly, and Andrea Stewart-Cousins, the Senate Majority Leader, neither of them seemed to be very enthusiastic about changing the bail laws. But Eric Gonzalez yesterday came out and basically supported the mayor of the city of New York and said, yeah, we do need to at least tweak these laws a little bit. And what Eric Adams wants to do is he wants the laws to be changed where the, the a judge looking at the person before them can take dangerousness to the community into account. That is the law in the federal courts. And it's amazing, folks, because I could get the same person charged with similar crimes. One is 
gun possession, one is gun trafficking. And in one courthouse, which is like a block away from the other courthouse, the federal courthouse versus the state courthouse, in the federal courthouse, the judge can say, I believe you're a danger to the community, and therefore I'm either setting very high bail or remand bail, which means no matter how much money you put up, you can't get out. But in the state court, all they are supposed to take into account is whether that individual will come back for their next court appearance. Um, so Eric Adams wants to change the law, but he can't. He wants the Senate and the Assembly to change the law so that the state judges on every case can take dangerousness into account. Um, you know, I also think they should take into propensity into account. What do I mean by propensity? I mentioned a couple, I think last week, Alvin Bragg said, you know, African-American men are 10 times more likely to have, were 10 times more likely to have bail set on them than uh, non-African-American men uh, on misdemeanors. But they don't, they never dug deeper and said, well, what is the criminal record? How many times, what was the warrant history? So what is a warrant? It means you get out on bail and you cannot, um, and you don't come back. So that's what, and so they put a bench warrant out for you. Did anyone like include those statistics? So there are great judges out there who would who who have someone before them with this like fifteen misdemeanor arrests or maybe two felonies and fifteen misdemeanor arrests, and now this is the sixteenth misdemeanor arrest, and they're going crazy because, of course, and, and, and they've seen they bench warranted in the past, and their hands are totally tied. They can't set bail by law. Now, I was in, I was speaking socially to a retired, prestigious Supreme Court judge, and he said, I would set bail anyway, let legal aid go to the appellate division and have them reverse me. And they could do it again and again and again, because I am not going to allow someone who has disrespected our system over and over again by not returning to court when we then when bail has been set on them. But these bail reform laws are so restrictive. And what basically what happened was today, Latrice Walker, the assemblywoman, said she would uh, she wanted to debate the mayor. And the mayor said, don't debate me. Debate the 11 year the, the mother of the 11 month old who got shot in the face. And she said, don't tell me that, Mr. Mayor. Uh, my brother was killed, I think she said, when he was 19 years old. So I know about violence. And, you know, they were going back and forth. It was a very heated discussion. And he was basically, the mayor was asking for some help. He was asking for some help in changing the laws or at least at least identifying the laws that need to be, the aspects of it that need to be changed. But Carl Hasty, the Speaker of the State Assembly, and Andrea Stewart-Cousins, the Senate Majority Leader, neither one of them seemed to be very receptive. Now, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. Should the mayor go to Al Sharpton, who has great relationships with Carl Hasty and Andrea Stewart-Cousins, from what I heard, and say, look, Reverend Al, you know, in the past you've been in here protesting about this, that, and the other thing, maybe against police, et cetera, et cetera. If you go all the way back to the Bensonhurst uh, horrible killings, well, d- does he employ them and say, listen, it's our folks that are suffering. It's Harlem that's suffering. The, the Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney's uh, neighbors, uh, they're up in arms by the crime crime wave in their neighborhood. And they're calling him to task. I don't know. I, why shouldn't why shouldn't Andrea Stewart-Cousins take a serious look at bail reform? 
I think she should, and maybe it takes Reverend Al Sharpton to convince her of the same thing. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Eight eight. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Thank you to the boys at Freehold Mitsubishi. Freehold Mitsubishi, where they not only have Mitsubishi, beautiful Mitsubishi SUVs, and they have the, I think they have the lowest priced four-door sedan on the market. So if you just need a little um, runaround vehicle, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's not a Mercedes-Benz, but it's probably cost the, as much as the, like, the door handle on the Mercedes-Benz cost. Uh, go check out my buddies at Freehold Mitsubishi. They are uh, the, 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 Really, the most honest car guys I've ever dealt with. I know my partner Joe Barada has bought three or four used cars from them. I know people in my family who have bought multiple cars from them, usually of the uh, the minivan variety. But the new Mitsubishi's themselves are fantastic. So go check out Freehold Mitsubishi, Platinum Mitsubishi. If you call over there, ask for Michael and tell him Arthur sent you. Um, and wear a mask. No, 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 don't wear a mask. Well, well, if you're outside, don't wear a mask. But if you go inside, wear a mask. Wait, wait, hold on. In the state of New Jersey, don't wear a mask. But in the township of Freehold, wear a mask. Wait, hold on, wait, no, what about in Howell? In Howell, you wear a mask? Oh, wait, wait. In, in the mall, you don't wear a mask. But at schools, you wear a mask. But in the, in the movie theater, you have to wear a mask. But in the pizzeria, you don't wear a mask. All don't. I'm asking for, yeah, is a little consistency. Can I just have, like, a little consistency especially for the kids come on folks i mean look i had on dr lawrence haynes yesterday and you know the the end of the program he said you know it's time to lift the mask it's time to take the masks off um the governor has said we're going to take the mask mandate off the table for the state but the cities get to do what they want Matt, let's hear what she had to say quickly. When I walk the streets of New York City, as I often do, I'm still going to see a lot of people wearing masks because they will feel safer. That is something that they are very, very welcome and encouraged to do. But in terms of having a requirement, uh, it is being lifted as of tomorrow. So the requirement to wear a mask has ended tomorrow, but the individual uh, municipalities... Uh, get to decide what they what the rules are. So now Eric Adams, now the ball goes into his court. What are we doing in New York City? I know that everyone is dying to take these masks off. I told you yesterday, I went to court, federal court. So now this is controlled. Uh, you know, They don't care what Hochul says. They don't care what Adams says. They're the Southern District of New York, also known as the Sovereign District of New York. 
the mask that I've been wearing for a year and a half, all of, and, and I've worn in and out of that courthouse more times than I could count, that mask now is no good. And now they gave me a free N95 mask. Uh, so they're upping the ante. So like I said a minute ago about one courthouse a block away from the other, having two different sets of laws, well, one courthouse one block away from the other is about to have two different sets of rules. You come outside of the federal courthouse and you want to go into that store that could have 100, 200, 300 people in it, you don't have to wear a mask. But you go into the courthouse, now that's if Eric Adams says you don't have to wear a mask, but then you go into that courthouse and you have to wear not only just any mask, you have to wear their mask. Uh, I think it was Bruce Blakeman, the Nassau County DA, said uh, he didn't know what doctors that the governor was talking to. Was it Dr. Frankenstein or Dr. Pepper? Um, I kind of found that a, a little amusing. But it's the children um, that really concern me. I mean, we're adults, and we could suffer through it, but the kids are really suffering through it. I mean, really suffering through it. And I'm just going to give you a very personal example. Um, I had to take my two-month, two-and-a-half-month-old daughter out today, and I was in a place where I had to wear a mask. And she's looking at me, and she's crying. Why is she crying? She doesn't know what, what who I'm like. I look like a Martian. I look like an alien to her, right? I mean, I, I don't look like Daddy. That's for sure. And I violated the mask mandate, and I took my mask down under my chin, so I get that whole like Abe Lincoln look. Looks like you got like a half a beard, and um, uh, you know, then she knew who I was. But I'm like, this is just so uncool. Poor Arthur, he goes to school in in kindergarten and all the other kids are wearing masks around him. So now let's just say Eric Adams follows suit with 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 Governor Hochul and says, okay, you could go into stores and you don't have to wear a mask. You could go into a restaurant, you don't have to wear a mask. Why does my kid have to wear a mask in school? Why, you know, I mean, I talked to my buddy Chris Hassan, who's like a, he's, I mean, I, he's not like, he teaches science he's like but he's like a half a scientist when you speak to him socially and i mean he's disgusted and he talks about as a teacher wearing a mask trying to communicate to students and it's hard enough to communicate to students who may not be that interested in certain aspects of science it's hard enough to break through to them but when you're wearing a mask to do it, yes, they am in federal court arguing for a guy's life. And I'm wearing this N95 mask. I'm screaming through the mask into the microphone. Now, if it was like a year and a half ago, well, actually two years ago, right, in March, where Dr. Haynes talked about yesterday how people were dying all over the place, how the, the, EM, uh, the ambulances were told, if a patient dies, do not bring him to the hospital. Don't bring him to the ambulance. Bring him to the mobile morgue units. If we were at that level of infection right now, and it was consistent throughout the state to stay in the lockdown, stay home, stay off the streets, there's a curfew, all of those things... That's fine. But now, what are we doing? You know what we're doing? We're doing the best with what we got. But what we got is inconsistent data. The, the cases are down, I think, in schools to like 432 students, which is, I think, 0.5% of the school population. 0.5%. I, I know that the, the argument is, well, if the students get it and they bring it home, now they can affect uh, you know elderly people in the house. But... What what price are these kids paying in their socialization? 
you know, I mentioned my buddy Chris Hassan. You know, he, he, my godson is his son, and he's 15 years old, and, and, you know, his hormones are doing what they're supposed to do. Like I spoke about what I was doing listening to uh, Born to Run, the whole album uh, yesterday. How do you talk to a young woman, a young woman, a girl in school, a sophomore in high school? She's wearing a mask. You're wearing a mask. How do you, how do you get, I mean, it's hard enough when you're 15 years old to approach a young, to approach a girl. How do you do that with a mask on? I, it's time. Dr. Haynes said it yesterday. It's time. I'm telling you, Luca, who's also a sophomore, even his relationships with the guys who he knows, it's just weird wearing the mask. So it seems like it's time to lift the mask. If you're saying it's okay for us to go into a mall, to go into a shopping center, to go into Home Depot without the mask, why do the kids have to wear it in school? It's still two weeks longer for them. It's so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. And it's hurtful. And now the lead story in the Times that, that they're going to approve, the FDA is going to approve the Pfizer vaccine or type of the Pfizer vaccine for COVID-19 for six-month-olds, six-month-old to four-month-olds to four-year-olds without, without having done the amount of testing that normally takes place. And they're saying that's going to be the first time in FDA history that they've taken these measures. <laughs> If anyone thinks Ariana is getting that vaccine, that ain't happening. That is just not happening. That's just not happening. So where I took, I, I, I didn't want to give it up, where I took Ariana today with my wife was to get her vaccines, the vaccines we've been getting for years and years and years. And even there, there's a debate that the doctor gives you, uh, a choice, because there is a debate. How many of the vaccines do you want at one time? My daughter weighs 10 pounds. She's this beautiful, in my eyes, okay, there has been nothing created on the planet more beautiful than Ariana Idala. okay? She's 10 pounds. Think about how small that is. And now they're going to stick her with needles. It's upsetting me. I understand it. And I know the testing has been done for years and years to give her the vaccines. You know, they give you like a schedule. Now, Marion and I took basically the slowest schedule. Like, let's put these in her a little at a time. I, I don't like getting the flu shot myself. I'm, I'm almost six foot. I weigh 200 pounds. I'm 54 years old. I still don't like putting that in my, in my arm. So, but I do it. Um, if you don't have these things totally checked out, don't tell me that you get them into a six-month-old. The first time in FDA history they're approving this? That's just not cool, folks. I mean, that's, and I don't want politics involved. I know there's got nothing to do with Democrats, Republican, conservative, liberal. I don't care about that. I care about putting a, a liquid into my, my 10 pound old daughter's thigh that you're telling me the FDA has not fully vetted. It's, not, it's just not happening. I mean, it's just not happening. And the fact that they're even considering it. I, I don't get it. Not when the numbers are where they are. If this, if we were in a a true emergency, like we were in March 2020, April 2020, I get it. I get it. But Governor Hochul, the mayors of all of the cities, can we get on the same page and give a consistent message? Can we give a consistent message about masks? Can we give a consistent message about vaccines? It's just, it's, it's, it's way too confusing. Um, and it's a little scary. You know, it's a little scary. It's, it's scary that I got to give five-year-old author a vaccine so I, we could take him to the circus because you can't get into the circus without it. But 
under the, the headline of Esquire etiquette, don't do anything stupid and go get a false vaccination card because our office has been getting inundated with calls because the investigators are out there making arrests of people with false vaccine cards. Don't do it. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-277. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the sky tumbling down. I feel my heart start to tremble whenever you're around. Oh, baby, when I see your face. Happy birthday, Carol. Come on, think about it. Carol King. Unbelievable songs. Unbelievable Broadway show. How old is she? Come on, Frank. I know you're listening. You should know this for your show tonight. How old is she? Chris, how old is she? Sambolino, give us the answer. She is 80 years young today. And I'm glad you said young as well. So... Sambolino, I know you have a, a child as well. Do you I have do. a? Do you have any strong feelings about this whole? And Nick, you're there as also, don't you? Have yes, kids, right? Yes, I am. So, I mean, if, if you don't want to talk about it, you could take the fifth on this show. But you cool with getting the little kids uh, pricked with the vaccine? Well, my wife and I decided to do a staggered schedule as well with the vaccines, and um, uh, we have autism that runs in the family on, on both sides, so we're very selective as to what we're going to give our little girl. Um, but uh, when we have to put her in daycare, when the, the immunizations that she needs for daycare, we'll get it at that time. We're not rushing to get any particular one, such as the MMR or, or other ones, just because it's just, you know, there's still research out there, and we want to just take our time. We don't want to take any chances. What about, yeah. the, what about the COVID-19 vaccine that they're talking about for, for, for uh, six-month-olds or four-year-olds? I refuse to give that to my, my little girl. No. Uh, I just it's not enough research. And, and to, to share Matt's uh, point of view, um, my I have a three year old that's going to be four in a month and and almost a one year old at, at home. And unless they they really have to go to pre-K and school, um, no, nah, my my children don't need it. I mean, kids, they roll around, they play around, they 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 pass the germs around and they get everybody sick. But at the same time, those sick those sicknesses help uh, booster their DNA and uh, their body's able to fight off future illnesses and diseases. And so what we don't I'm wondering, need to vaccinate every single thing for every single body. What I'm wondering about this mask situation is how, how does the GOP or even the, you know, I, I, I'm talking about governor now, right? You know, there's all this gerrymandering for all these little districts, all these smaller districts, but for governor... 
how does the people, how do the, the folks running against Hochul seize on this and use it uh, to their advantage? So, you know, folks, I know Tom Swazi is running. And, well, in breaking news, can I get a little breaking news there, Sam Bellino? Three. This is an AM 970. The answer. Breaking news alert. The Working Party's family has endorsed Jumani Williams for governor. That and a subway token, which were eliminated in 20, 2003 and replaced but full-time by the Metro card. Love those facts you can only get here on AM 970 with the Idala Power Hour. Um, they, um, Jumani Williams is running for governor. Okay, So obviously he's not seizing on this. Uh, but I, I wonder what Tom Swazi is going to say about the mask mandate and staying in, in effect for uh, the students and, and just the lack of consistency, the lack of messaging, the lack of coordination. In my opinion, Governor Hochul, at the very least, should have come up with a strategic plan along with Eric Adams and maybe the, the mayor of, of Buffalo, uh, you know, the biggest cities in the city. Uh, in the in the state, I'm sorry, to come up with you know something that makes sense, as opposed to, uh, you know, what the rules are is that on Thursday, which is tomorrow, businesses and other in other indoor spaces, there's not a mask mandate, but in K to 12, there is a mask mandate, and on public transportation, there's a mask mandate, and planes, and correctional facilities, and childcare places, and nursing homes, it, it, you know. In the words of, of my, of my uh, the captain of my ultimate Frisbee team, all we're asking for is a little goddamn consistency because there is none. There really is none here. And I can see this and the way the whole pandemic has been handled, especially now where I think there's a feeling, unlike what Dr. Lawrence Haynes told us yesterday about how horrible things were in March and April of 2020, that it's fading away and it's becoming like the flu and things like that. And it's coming, becoming something that we just have to learn to live with. The fact that they are still coming up with rules that infringe on our liberty. I, I wonder if, whether it's Lee Zeldin or uh, Andrew Giuliani or even Tom Swazi are going to use this to uh, attack Miss Hochul, uh, I should say Governor Hochul, who, you know, there are a lot of people who are uh, tremendous fans of hers. Uh, and the primary is, if I'm correct, is much sooner than typically, than, than we're used to when growing up. I believe it's a, now a June primary. It used to be a September primary. Um, which means between Jumani Williams and Governor Hochul and Congressman Swazi, you know, it's that's June sounds like it's a long time away. It's really not that far away. And what role is the handling of the COVID-19 crisis going to play? I think it's interesting that the Working Families Party endorses Jumani Williams. I'm going to say that that helps Tom Swazi. I don't think anyone who was ever thinking of voting for Tom Swazi would ever think about voting for Jumani Williams. I think people who were thinking about voting for Governor Hochul may say she's too middle of the road and let me go uh, with Jumani Williams. I know they're calling that, you know, everyone is saying, oh, she's a shoo-in because she has all this money. Swazi raised a, a decent amount of money, and it's just to be honest with all of you, I know Tom for a long time. He's... Um, uh, I believe law school classmates with a good dear friend of mine, Paul D'Amelia, 
Uh, so I've met Tom many, many times. I've contributed to his campaign many, many times. Um, and I find him, and I watched him um, campaign with Eric Adams. Uh, he was at the Columbus Citizens Foundation, uh, and you know, he's a he's a a lawyer and an accountant and a politician. That's you know, I mean, I know lawyers don't have the best reputation, probably second only to uh, politicians. Um, but to have the the financial skills of an accountant, the analytical skills of a lawyer, and the the deft skills of being a politician. It makes him a formidable candidate, and even though it's a little quiet now in the the, the dead winter, let's see what what this race looks like in uh, late April uh, as Tom continues to raise money. And Governor Hochul, you know, she's got a record now that she's going to be running on, as unlike just someone who was a lieutenant governor who it was hard to ch- put any chinks in her armor. Um, I definitely want to cover in the next day or two the uh, Sarah Palin libel trial against the New York Times because these libel cases very rarely go to trial. They either get dismissed on a summary judgment motion or they get settled for a a large amount of money. Um, One of the big trials under this same umbrella was Hulk Hogan winning against Gawker and put him out of business. Um, I'm not saying that this case is going to put Sarah Palin out of business, but between tomorrow and Friday, I'm sorry, <laughs> put the New York Times out of business, but between tomorrow and Friday, I want to discuss it. It's going on in the courthouse I was in yesterday in the Southern District of New York in front of Ju- Judge Rakoff, who's a storied uh, judge here in the Southern District of New York. Uh, the editor of the editorial page, James Bennett, has testified, and it'll be interesting to see how he... I mean, he's basically fallen on his sword and said, you know, it was all my fault. We'll dig a little deeper into that um, either tomorrow or Friday. One of these two days, uh, the next two days, I guess I got to get Lenny from LMB on because today, apparently, February 9th is National Pizza Day. It's also National Toothache Day, National Read in a Tub Day. Who comes up with this stuff? But then National Chocolate Day. How, first of all, you don't, pizza and chocolate should never share the same platform, right? I mean, they're two spectacular joys in life. So they definitely both deserve their own day. But then how do you go with Chocolate Day and Toothache Day in the same, come, come on. I mean, that's not, that, that it's, someone's got to fix these day things. I don't know who it comes up, who comes up with the day things, but we need a new commission to fix the day things. And a happy birthday to Joe Pesci. How old do you think he is, Sambolino? Uh, I'm going to say maybe 71. Yeah, how about one year younger than Carol King? 79-year-old Joe Pesci, Sakon Barkley of the New York Giants, 25, and Michael B. Jordan, 35. You're going to hear some basketball right now from Seton Hall. Have a great night. Enjoy dinner. Listen to Seton Hall basketball. Go Seton Hall. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.